hello, hello, Waffle listeners, and hello, presenter gang. Man, it's, it's been a tough few weeks, but we're here to try and bring you a little bit of happiness and some Disney magic for our July show. This month is hosted by me, your resident Scottish waffler, Samantha. And Lloyd has insisted that I remind you that if you require a translation, to email themickeywaffle at gmail.com. Anyway, joining us this month, we have a full house. Say hello, Claire, Ben, Becca, Peter, Jill, John, and Lloyd. Hi, Sally. Oh, Hi. How are you guys this month? Plodding along? Getting there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, slowly but surely. <laughs> Definitely. So um, let's get right into it then. I think it's safe to assume that all of us here are big Disney movie fans. The Lion King, The Little Mermaid, Aladdin, just to name a few. But today we're going to discuss and talk about our favourite underrated Disney movies. The ones that people don't give as much love or get given the praise they deserve. Who should we hear from first? Eeny, meeny, miny, Lloyd. Lloyd. I didn't know you were <laughs> going to come to me first, Sammy. Because you're always mean to me, so you go first. <laughs> um, right. Well, the movie I'm going to go for is the movie Holes from 2003. Um, it did quite well at the box office. I only know this through doing a little bit of research. It cost $20 million to make, and it made about $80 million in the end, so it had a good return. However, when you say the name, people don't really know what you're talking about. It hasn't really had much notoriety through the years. I know it's 17 years old now, but I only got onto it really probably 10 years ago, or maybe just a touch longer than that. So it being around a, f- a few years, it's a great little story. It's basically, I see it as Shawshank Redemption, for a family audience. So it's got like, uh, you know, it's, it's got a different character arc and a different story plot, but it's it's got the same, similar sort of payoffs and it just, it, it resonated the same sort of feeling as Shawshank Redemption for me. <laughs> deep, uh, that's deep. <laughs> and it and it had Shayla Booth when he was still innocent before he went. We Shia? I know I was going to say we Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. We love, that... I love that Shia. Before he went off the rails though. Um, I mean, I still like him to this day, to be honest. Like, I think he's such a cool guy. Well, when I was looking at um, a little bit about the film, the the director, um, forgive me, I can't remember his name, was looking for, for the main role, someone who reminded him of a young Tom Hanks. And that's how (laughs) Shia LaBeouf at the time got the role, because he was kind of, he was funny. um, He was still, you know, innocent at that time. He was a young young chap. Um, And I think he played it really well. The story's really good. It's got Sigourney Weaver, John Voight. It's got, you know, cracking cast as well. But I just don't think a lot of people have even seen it, considering the success of the box office. Yeah, did did um, did Holes come before Even Stevens? Uh, is that how they found Shia? No, it was uh, it was after. So yeah, um, so he's kind of on the Disney payroll. Yeah, but he had to take the same approach as um, Back to the Future. Michael J. Fox didn't originally get the role because he was doing Family Ties. Right. So it went to Eric Stoltz, but Eric Stoltz wasn't right. So they used Michael J. Fox, and he would film Back to the Future after doing his day shooting for Family Ties. And it was the same sort of approach here for Shia LaBeouf. So he'd do his, his, uh, his Disney show, mm-hmm. uh, and then he'd go and film Holes after he'd done his filming for the day. I, I remember quite liking Holes. I think I've only seen it once or twice, but I remember quite liking it. It's, it's my point exactly. Like you watch it, and you would have liked it at some point, but it's not. Yeah. It's on Disney Plus now. Um but Plug, you don't really, shame, you don't really see in people's, people don't have it in a DVD collection or the Blu-ray collection or, you know, it's not something that people go back to, but it's, it's a sort of lovely Sunday afternoon 
family family movie with um, yeah. some nice plot twists, and it's it's just got a good feeling about it. I really like it. Has anyone else got any thoughts on Holes? Have you read the book? No, but I only when I was doing my research, I saw that the book only predated it by a few years. It was probably about five years old, so I'm, I'm intrigued to read it, actually. It's and, quite a good book. Right, I, 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 I know Shayla Buff read it before he took on the role. Um, he probably had to I, read it for school. I did. <laughs> did you? Yeah, I had to read Holes for school. All right. This would have been, I don't even know when, a couple of years, maybe a year or so after it came out. Right. I didn't really realise it was on the required reading for the uh, national curriculum. Well, that it says a lot for the book. It was back in when I was in year, what, six, year seven? Whether that's changed since then. It probably oh, has. Early 2000s. Early 2000s, there you right. go. So, yes, yeah, so a lot of people might have actually read the book and not realised there's a film, uh, you know, adaptation of it. Um, with a little thing, I, I'm not having two, Sammy. I'm not breaking the rules. However, when I was around, I was having a sleepover at my mate's house when I was very young. Well, I'd say very young. I was probably about, I was 10-ish, something like that. And his mum had promised to take us to see the Black Cauldron the following day. But I got I got homesick and uh, my mum had to come and pick me up that night. So I didn't end up staying over and I've never seen the Black Cauldron. And so... I think I've seen it like a long time. But apparently it's quite like scary i don't know like well, for a kids movie but apparently it's supposed it's to be quite scary. dark and uh, yeah i, I kind of like the aspect for a disney movie i think they do it quite well and and so that's maybe not an underrated movie um however it's one that i would want to watch considering that i never saw it when i was only a wee lad a wee laddie we lad that that was a good one i've, I've never expected holes to to come up um right who do i pick on next let's go with jill okay well Mine's a bit of an odd one. Uh, when I was four years old, I was taken to the cinema to see Fantasia. And apparently I sat there completely silent, completely transfixed through the whole thing, which was absolutely stunning for me because normally I never shut up. Still no, still don't. Um, so, yeah, Fantasia became my favourite film. Then in 2000, they brought out, surprise, surprise, Fantasia 2000. Now, I'm not going to say it's as good as the original. I don't think it is. However, I think that it's sunk without trace rather unfairly. And I think it is actually worth a watch. Um, obviously, if you don't go for the concept of basically animated music videos, then you probably will find this is not necessarily your thing. However, there's a really good variety of styles, and I think if you give it a go, you might find one that's to your taste. Um, like the original, it starts off with a fairly abstract one. This time we have like origami butterflies uh, to Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. Then we go into a piece called The Pines of Rome by Ottorino Respighi, which was new to me, I have to say. Um, and the animation is uh, about some humpback whales, and there's a really cute baby whale as part of that. Um, I've actually seen the, the plush toy of the baby whale in some of the Disney stores. It was also apparently Walt's favourite piece of classical music. Yeah, so there you go. I can't say I've seen either of them. I know that's probably going to get me. No. no. But like, I haven't even seen the original, let alone the, the sequel. You're not alone there, Sammy. I haven't seen either of yeah. them either. <laughs> just, just. 
Oh, you have to. Oh, you have to. Particularly if you like dinosaurs. I, d- I do like a dinosaur, I have yeah, to say. Yeah, you've got to watch the dinosaurs one. Cool. Is that so, in the first or the second? First, first one. Yeah. So then we go into my absolute favourite, which is Rhapsody in Blue by Gershwin. It's my favourite piece of music anyway. Um, There is a famous Broadway um, cartoonist called Al Hirschfeld, who's done like caricatures of all the big Broadway stars. His pictures are up in Sardi's restaurant and, and they're really famous. And what they do is in the style of Al Hirschfeld, um, they do basically a trip around New York and all these different characters and what happens to them on their, their day in New York. And it's just utterly, utterly brilliant. Then we have uh, the Steadfast Tin Soldier, uh, Hans Christian Andersen's story, to uh, Piano Concerto Number 2 by Shostakovich, which I'm sure we can all whistle. Uh, no, me neither, but it works. Uh, then we have Carnival of the Animals. You might know this one. It's very short. It's the last part of the Carnival of the Animals, and it's basically the story of a flock of flamingos and a yo-yo. And you may well have seen this very goofy-looking flamingo. That pops up a lot. There are plush toys of it, and it's very funny. Then we get the old favourite, Sorcerer's Apprentice, which Sorcerer's Apprentice was obviously in the original one. That is, I told Mickey when I met him, met Sorcerer Mickey at Hollywood Studios, that he is the reason that I can't do housework because I'm afraid of brooms because I was so traumatised by that and four years old. It still stands up. It's great. Then we have Pomp and Circumstance, which we in Britain know as Land of Hope and Glory. And this is the story of Noah's Ark, but you have Donald and Daisy helping out on Noah's Ark. And it's a very sweet little love story. It's very funny. It's classic Donald humour. And yeah, great fun. And it finishes off with Firebird Suite by Stravinsky, uh, where you have a story about a stag and a mountain spirit. And it's it's very, very beautiful. So there you go. That is Fantasia 2000. Give it a look. So I didn't know the Sorcerer's Apprentice is in the second one, not the first one. It's both. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The same sequence. Yeah. Yeah. The Fantasia is that they would introduce new things, but also keep some of the old things, and and the idea was to keep producing new versions of Fantasia, but it didn't happen. Okay. Yeah. That's I never do that. That's interesting. So is that what they're doing with all the live action remakes, just like repeating things? Do you know what? It's like putting your biggest hit on your album, on, on your new album, you know. Do you know what make a good one for the uh, next Fantasia remake? Maybe just doing um, Holst, the uh, the Planet Suite, Ooh, and animating yeah. that. I know, I think they've used one of the tracks in the past. Have they used, is it Mars or something? Was that on one of the, either the original or 2000? No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing it animated, but I can't think why, where, but uh, yeah. I think that would make really good, because it's really... Um, evocative and exciting music all, all the planet suites so i think that'd be really good animated with all disney um up-to-date modern animation okay so uh peter whilst you're there what is your favorite underrated disney movie okay some people may say this is underrated and some pe- people may not say this is underrated but i'm going for the hunchback of notre dame i would i would, I would say so I, I think i'll i think i'll let that one slide that's very nice of you sammy thank you <laughs> It was released in 1996, and 
It grossed over 325 million worldwide, although it, it was seen as somewhat of a flop. Um, it just proves that Disney can be really brave in how they do things because it is quite dark in places. It has some very, very, very dark themes. Yeah, I won't list them as they have them in here, but um, it can be very dark. It was written by some Broadway greats. It was written by Alan Menken and Stephen Schwartz did the lyrics. They are big names on Broadway. And it was uh, directed by another Broadway legend, James Lapine. Or Lapine, I'm never sure how to pronounce that name. I think it's Lapine. And as I said, it is, it is an interesting film. It suffers from being two different films at times because you have a very light side and a very dark side. And sometimes they don't clash, don't meet together. Sometimes they do clash and they don't meet together. The trailers for it emphasised the happy side, the bright side. But really, it is quite dark. And I, and I think it's, it shows that Disney don't just stick to the formula that everybody else says that they do. The worst thing to come out of it was the Hunchback of Notre Dame backpack. But <laughs> can't say I've ever seen it, but <laughs> <laughs> there was hope that could not turn backpack, which is, is, is perhaps a bit tasteless, but there you go. Anyway, just, you know, Hunchback is such a good movie, it's another one that I just don't watch enough and doesn't come up enough. But it's such a good music, uh, musical, like the songs in it are amazing. I've never seen it, well, it's, it's just utterly terrifying. He's a really complex villain. Um, I think. Until Tangled and Mother Gothel, he was probably the most complex Disney villain. It's a really, really good film. Yes, it does lean a little bit too heavily on the slapstick, the gargoyles and stuff sometimes. But, you know, there's just so much going on there. It's really beautiful. And one of the things we noticed about it, uh, when we went to Paris and we went to Notre Dame, uh, we saw a painted frieze of biblical stories that isn't really famous, I don't think, and doesn't get much mention. And that was actually in the film. You can actually see it during God Help the Outcasts. So it really shows that the animators really made the most of their trip to Paris and really yeah. noticed things and, and put stuff in. And the, the colour in it is stunning. Like, there's so much colour. It's yeah. so rich. And I think Esmeralda is a really, really strong female Disney character that gets overlooked. Um but Ben, if you haven't seen it, you definitely have to see it. Yeah, I, I know the music. I've listened to a lot of the music, but just never got around to watching it. It's one of those films I know I've seen, but I don't remember much about it. Yeah. No, you should definitely get, give it a watch. Like, I would highly recommend I'm sure Peter would highly recommend it. I've never, I've never seen it, and I'm very surprised to hear that The Hunchback is the, the bad guy in it. I just I assumed he, no, would, he would be a, 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 a protagonist. No, he isn't. Frollo, the judge, is the bad guy. The hunchback is one of the good guys. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes more sense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe you should watch it as well. Like. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Any mini? Okay, I'll go. I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go slap bang in the middle. I think. <laughs> Um, so I think I've probably told you guys this before what my uh, favourite underrated Disney movie is but it is Oliver and Company I 
love this movie. As a lover of theatre and musical theatre, eh, I'm also I'm very familiar with the story of Oliver Twist, eh, which obviously Oliver and Company is loosely based off, but it's just with cats and dogs <laughs> and some humans, but like cats and dogs. Um, and the kitten is so cute. Little Oliver is just like the cutest little ginger kitten and I just want to squish him. And the music in it is super good. Um, I've got some of the music on my, my playlists and I think that not a lot of people have seen it or talk about it and I don't think that's good I think have, have all you guys seen it or is there people here who haven't seen it I have seen that one yeah and I agree with you it is really good it's such a cute film I've uh-huh, seen it it's really n- not a long oh, I'm trying to think I remember watching it but it's been such a long time. I think I'll have to watch it again to see if I remember much about it. Yeah. I think it's a really good choice, that, Sammy, because uh, it's a, just a, a really overlooked film completely. Yeah. And it, it, it does be... It, it very much follows the the um, storyline of Oliver Twist. Yeah. Um, except with a kitten. <laughs> the kitten's called Oliver. Uh, and I just think it's super cute. Um, Lloyd, have you seen that? <laughs> Lloyd's going to be our benchmark. Uh, no. Um okay. Although it does have the lead track when it first starts is performed by Huey Lewis, so I will be okay. checking it out at some point. Okay. There's also a Billy Joel song in there. Is there? All right. Yeah, yeah oh. Billy Joel sings a song in there. It's called "Why Should I Worry." I love that song. It's so good. All right, cool. I might. Yeah, I'll. I will. I will check it out based on those two <laughs> singers being involved. It must be something half decent. I checked out. I checked out Tarzan on the back of Phil Collins, so I'll check out that film on the yeah. back of those t- of Billy Joel yeah. and Hugh Lewis. Well, what did you think of Tarzan? It was. It was. It was all right. Um, I thought it was going to go a bit dark. It covered over some bits at the beginning. Yeah. Um, the pair. Uh, no. No spoilers. Well, yes, this is a spoiler. <laughs> the the parents obviously um, yeah. ceasing to exist. Um, but, that, make it. <laughs> but that was kind of just brushed over, and yeah. um, I forget his. Um, his gorilla mother, what she's called, but she leaves a cupboard in the yeah. first bit. Um, and um, that's kind of yeah, brushed a, over a little bit as well. Yeah, there's a lot of sadness in the first place. Yeah, but it, it's I, like, okay, it's fine. Yeah, but I was wondering, I was wondering how they were going to animate it, really, how they were going to approach it. And it's kind of just, it sounds in the distance and it's yeah. it's your imagination. And so kids aren't even exposed to that, which is quite good. Yeah, yeah. I did like it. I th- um, it was surprising that the whole soundtrack, Phil Collins, they use all. Yeah. Phil awesome. singing all the songs. Phil, like my mate. <laughs> they, 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 use, they, they use him to sing all the songs all the way through, you know, and you don't really experience that in other, you know, in other films. You'll have someone who will release the, the, the main track and then it will be sung by someone else in the movie, which was, you know, is was, was all right. I'm, I'm a Genesis fan, a Phil Collins fan. I, you know, you know, I like that aspect. And, yeah, the movie itself, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was good. good. Parents don't do very well in most Disney films. Uh, no. Yeah. But uh, I'll, I'll, I'll look forward to hearing your thoughts on Oliver and Company. And if anyone listening hasn't seen it, please go and watch Oliver and Company. I'm pretty sure it's on Disney+. Plus. It is. Okay, my next victim is John. Yeah, cheers, Sammy. Thanks for that. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Anytime. Uh, yeah, I've got, I've got a rather sort of... I've got a, a long list of films that really appeal to me. And I, I'm going to go completely against the grain of, of possibly where people would, would have thought I'd, I would I would pitch a film. I've actually gone for something that's quite recent. It's 2015. I've got to admit I'm not a great fan of sci-fi, and I'm also not a great fan of George Clooney. However, 
the film Tomorrowland just absolutely nailed it. It had absolutely everything. It was just like the creativity and imagination that went into this film was just stunning. Um, and again, it's not something that people would even associate me particularly liking, but it just absorbed me from the very off. And it was, you know, it's got like nods towards NASA. There's a real fantastic little bit with um, It's a Small World. And there was the, the absolutely amazing uh, merchandising ability with uh, Disney that they could actually have done with more than just the pin that they actually released for, for Tomorrowland as well. It's directed by the guy who was involved in um, The Incredibles, Ratatouille, uh, and that's Brad Bird. And it doesn't get any love at all. It got absolutely panned by the critics. But some of the scenery and the actual message about how positive and forward thinking can influence our futures and the futures of generations still to come just really just grab you. And, yeah, that's my film choice. And it's, yeah, not one I would have expected and, and certainly one that I've had a chat with my kids about. They, they were certainly wanting me to go with one or two other options. But I'm going with, I'm going with Tomorrowland. Ben, you look like you want to say something. I'm with you, John. I, I remember seeing that film in the cinema and just sort of blown away by all the, the sort of the links. And it's amazing that Disney didn't use it as a merchandising opportunity like most other films they do. <laughs> yeah. It just it sort of all the little hidden Easter eggs that were it was sprinkled lovely. throughout it. Yeah, yeah. Just a, I have to see. I haven't seen it. As a, as a film, it's it's really you know when you think about it was a massive budget. I think it was nearly. I think I think it just about broke even, which again, going back to sort of Lloyd's conversation uh, about his film, where Disney actually pulled in a massive amount of uh, profit. This this just about broke even, and we you know we thought it's got like Hugh Laurie's in it, George Clooney's in it, and it was just panned panned by the critics. But I think there's there's a little sort of undercurrent, a little bit like when Tron first came out. You know, it, people went to see it. People who actually sat through the film actually absorbed what was actually being told and the story that was being told was such a, a different one but such a futuristic one and yet all the pundits who write in the press and online just didn't get it so it basically put people off from going to the cinema and even buying the dvd when it came out i found a budget and it's 190 million dollars yeah and it made 209 million dollars yeah it's yeah. only 19 million profit how much did uh, Clooney take of that? All of it. 95%, I'm assuming. Uh, <laughs> no, I can't say I can't say I've seen it or ever really fancied it. Um, but you know, your recommendation might change my mind, John. Yeah. No, I, I would I would recommend it. It's it's a real sort of hidden hidden gem. And and for people who are into Disney, there's so many just little little nods to varying sort of Disney elements. I'm trying. To, I'm trying, desperate trying not to give away any of the spoilers, spoilers in it. It's, it's worth watching. The really. cast is good because you've got Hugh Laurie in it as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I must admit, I don't mind Hugh Laurie. I, I usually, I wouldn't go and watch a film if uh, I wouldn't watch anything that George Clooney's in. If I'm being honest, but but there you go. It goes to show you take the risk, don't you? Sometimes with films, and and sometimes you find something that is uh, it's completely different. I agree that it's. Got lots of Disney references, and I enjoyed that. And I agree that it's overall a good film. It didn't strike me as being that good. Yeah, John, I didn't really. Um, I I won't say I didn't enjoy it because I did, but it just struck me as being a bit pedestrian. 
No, I liked it. it. There you go. Different people. Yeah. No, exactly, Peter. And I, th- I think as well, I think one of the th- one of the things about it, it's not a film I would choose to go and, and, and actually see. And certainly my family are not really that interested in it. And yet it's a film that's really stuck out as me. It's been so underrated that, you know, people basically cast it off because it basically because it got bad reviews. Is it on Disney Plus at the moment? I don't know. I'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> Ben's going to check now. I, I haven't. I haven't seen it on the list. Ben, ben, the tech genius will find out. I have to say, once you've seen it, you will never regard it's a small world in quite the same way again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's on there. It is. It's on there. Yeah. Is it all right? Yeah. I might check it out then. It, now it's. It's free. got a slightly different title. It's Tomorrowland: A World Beyond. Is its full yeah. title. Interesting. Anyway. Guess who's turning in? It's Claire's turn. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I really struggled with this um, whole choosing one thing, as I think everybody else did. Um, a bit like Lloyd, I'm going back in time a little bit. I'm going back to 1985, when I know some people in the room weren't born. Some I wasn't people even were. I thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm going back for Return to Oz. So this is a Disney film, not one that people realise is Disney, but it is. And it revisits the story of uh, Dorothy Gale from Kansas um, using the information from the second and third of L. Frank Baum's Oz books. Um, So in case you haven't seen it, it's a bit of a random story, but it's absolutely brilliant. And I remember seeing it as a kid and being completely transfixed by it. So um, I was quite young when it came out. I saw it later on on VHS, I think, probably. Um, and I, it's, it's a film that I can revisit periodically and watch it again and still love it. Um, so basically, Dorothy finds a key, which is in the, the head of the key is in the shape of the o, the o and the Z of Oz. And her family, so Aunt Em and Uncle Henry think she's mad and send her off for some horrible electrotherapy. And she gets warned by a girl in this hospital to uh, to run away because it will damage her. And she she runs away. She gets um, she ends up in a river and wakes up the next morning in Oz. But it's not the Oz she remembers. The Emerald City has uh, been smashed to bits. Um, she gets cornered by some really horrible things called the Wheelers, which I, I remember as a child I was completely terrified of. And I think I probably am still a bit now. Um, and she uses the key and she finds uh, a tin man called uh, TikTok but it's not the Tin Man she remembers. Um, Tin Man and Scarecrow that she remembers from the first, uh, for the Wizard of Oz, um, are, have been turned to stone. And, and the story goes on from there. She meets this horrible, scary witch person called Princess Mombi who collects heads, which is nice. Um, she decides she quite liked Dorothy's head and she locks her in a tower. Um, Dorothy meets up with Jack Pumpkinhead, who is a, um, a, basically a pumpkin on sticks. Um, looks a bit like um, uh, a character. He, he looks like a, a, and this isn't an animated film in case anyone's thinking I've gone mad. This is live action. Um, and Jack Pumpkinhead has been brought to life by something called the Powder of Life, which is hidden in the end cabinet around Princess Mombi's heads. If everyone's ever seen it, you'll remember this, the scene where Dorothy steals the Powder of Life. It is the scariest single moment that I could remember till I was about 18. Um and involves lots of severed heads screaming at her. It sounds great as a kid's film, doesn't it? (laughs) You're not selling it to me, Claire. You're not selling it to me. But basically... Dorothy goes off to find the scarecrow who is actually the king. He's been he's been um, kidnapped by the gnome king. She finds him. 
it's all okay. She gets a wish. She finds a ruby slippers. She gets a wish. She makes Ed. She makes Oz and the Emerald City all back to good. Um, interestingly, though, when you you look at the cast of the film, so it's Feruza Bolk who plays um, uh, Dorothy, who later on went on to play a character in The Water Boy with Adam Sandler, um, and the two there are two puppeteers involved. So TikTok, the the Tin Man in this film, is actually the puppeteer who um, provides his acting is Tim Rose, who actually was a puppeteer for Admiral Akbar um, in all of the Star Wars films. And uh, Jack Pumpkinhead is actually um, puppeteered by Brian Henson, who is the son of Jim Henson. I remember it because it was scary, fun, adventurous. Um, a little bit quirky in places you know Dorothy finds a tree which is a lunch pail tree um, which has basically got like these buckets hanging from it that contain a packed lunch um, and only the red ones are ripe if you don't pick up a ripe one you get a sandwich which is uh, a little bit off um, it's the creativity it's a little bit zany but it's it's a good film um, so yeah Return to Oz I would, I would I think probably it's suitable for kids no younger than eight I think anyone younger than eight might be traumatized but I would say that it's it's a it's a good film and it's got lots of different things in it. I watched it I when I was seven. I remember it being weird. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, traumatised. I can't ever watch that film again. It's oh, really? Like, yeah, I watched it when I was seven, completely scared of it. I hated it. I've it's, like it, it. It's, sort of, uh, it's like a Tim Burton, Guillermo del yeah. Toro back yeah. in the 80s, isn't it? Yeah. And, and fun fact, TikTok had Peter Duncan inside it. Peter Duncan from Blue Peter at the time. Oh, Wow. Hey, there you go, you see. So he was inside the Tin Man. I think it's a, an absolutely brilliant film. The Wheelers um, were scary. They yeah. are scary. They still are scary, Ben. Yeah. But it's it's really clever how it intertwines the different bits of Oz and all the characters. I just remember it being very weird and I did not like it <laughs> at all. I was just like... I could never work out child, whether it was a sequel was or like, not. no, no, I don't like this. <laughs> bit of the film in Disneyland Paris actually if there you, is yeah if you go on the um storybook boat right boats yeah paid Cont de Fay. I was trying to reach for the French title there which is basically the storybook boats um there is uh, the Emerald City uh is one which of is the, the return to us yeah that's of it. there because it's it's the return to it us is. yeah and actually, Return to Oz uh, was nominated for an Academy Award for visual effects, but it lost out to Cocoon, if anyone remembers back that yeah. far. Yes. Yeah. Yep, Steve Guttenberg. Yeah. I have to say, the bit that scared me most was the hospital. Yes, I agree. Looking back on it now, yeah, that's it, actually it, a really, awesome. really frightening bit. Yeah. So I didn't go for a, a fun, you know, <laughs> smiley... Um, Oliver and Company type of film. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I didn't realise for a few years ago that it was a Disney film. It was. And actually, um, it's quite a, it's quite an interesting subject in my house that my husband actually went to the premiere of that in London. He saw it in, uh, in Leicester Square, the premiere in 1985. Ooh. So he was too young to see it then as well. Oh. <laughs> Is he traumatised for life? No, he loves it. Okay. He loves the film. But I struggled. I, I did struggle trying to narrow it down to one. You know, I asked the kids and uh, their their suggestion was Lilo and Stitch, which I also think is grossly underrated and an amazing yeah. film. But that was not my as, second choice. Not as underrated enough to discuss it today. Right. <laughs> I think we all could have made a list of 20, I think, yeah. if, if we had enough so time. Hard. So hard. It's interesting. Stitch is such a huge character in the parks. Yeah. 
and oh. yet the film I think is yeah is not as well known as it should be. It's awesome film. It is, yeah. Very different to Return to Oz. <laughs> Very. Different. Okay, so next we have Ben. Well, I'm not sure. I think I'm going to go for this one, and it stars Eddie Murphy. So Ooh, I the... think I know what you're talking about. Are you sure? So, um, yeah, it's based on the um, well, it's not based, but is it the Haunted Mansion? It's a film that I know a lot of Disney fans either love or hate. It's Marmite. It's especially when you compare it to the attractions like Phantom Manor in Paris and um, Haunted Mansion in Walt Disney World and Disneyland. It's just a fun film. I really enjoy it. We've only watched it a couple of times. Speak for I think. Well, okay, I've only watched it a couple of times. But, um, yeah, it's one that I'd happily watch again and again. Great cast. And I didn't realise it actually made quite a lot of money. It's compared to, like, its budget was $90 million, and it made just under $200 million. So it compared to some other films. Tickets. Yeah. But, yeah, um, what do you guys think of it? I love it. I'm with you, Ben. I think it's a great film. I know there's a lot of people that um, maybe, you know, poke a bit of fun at it, but uh, I think it was. I think it stays, you know, in th- in the uh, the realms of the haunted mansion in terms of the story's really actually really good. Um, I, I think it's a really good film. I, I happily watch it over and over again. I agree. I think it's super fun, uh, entertaining movie, and I do love about Eddie Murphy. Um, I think he's hilarious. So yeah, I haven't watched again. It's one I haven't watched in a long time, uh, but I definitely remember liking it. It doesn't take itself too seriously, which yeah. is what I like about it. You know, it knows that it's a little bit, bit silly. Yeah, maybe yeah. a little, little bit low budget, <laughs> but it's great. It's a little bit corny here and there, but yeah. it's. It's got some of the best lines in it, though. Mm-hmm. But uh, we haven't asked the most important person. It's a cross. Has, has Lloyd seen it? <laughs> it's It's been on in the background <laughs> at some point, and I, I think I've engaged with it here and there, but because, I don't know, I think I found it more, more missed than hit. I've kind of tuned out and not watched the whole thing through. And is that fair to say there are some good points with Eddie doing it, but because it just doesn't, the whole thing isn't it like a golden product? Then I think you've got to watch it without thinking about Haunted Mansion the ride. I think that's right. quite difficult with a lot of Disney fans to do. I think you just got to treat it as a film on its own and just think of it as two separate things. But then there's a few things that are quite loosely linked. A few nods here and there to the ride, but the storyline's completely different. Yeah. I will try it again. I'll give it, you know, I'll give it a go in its own, in, in respect of it just being a movie on its own, um, in, in isolation. Uh, I'll watch it from start to finish, I promise. And then I'll but watch Oliver watch, and Company. No, you have to watch Oliver and Company first. Okay. They're my, t- my two minutes of homework yeah, next time. <laughs> okay. And last, but of course, never least, is Becca. You know, like pretty much everybody else, I have a very long list of things that I could have picked for underrated movies. Um, I'm actually going to go even further back in time than Claire, all the way to 1942, and I'm going to choose Bambi. Oh, Bambi. It's Does such... everyone count that as underrated? I guess, is it underrated? I think a lot of it is its age. Okay. A lot of people don't talk about Bambi, they don't think about Bambi very much, unless it's to do with baby clothes. <laughs> Fair. You see loads of baby clothes with Bambi on. 
but that's probably pretty much about it. And they don't think of it in terms of the film, they think, oh, there's a cute deer on those clothes. But the film itself is actually really cute, really good, and a little bit sad in places. A little bit sad. A little bit yeah. sad in places. A little bit traumatising in places if you're a young child. Or a, or a parent. <laughs> or a parent. I can't or a grown-up of any kind. Becca, I cannot watch Bambi. It's one of one of the few films I just can't watch it. I, you know, it it upsets me so much that I just I can't do it. So I'm afraid I'll, I won't be going back and rewatching that. The kids will watch it, but I I can't. Those of us who date from the days before VHS, even, will remember Disney time on the television, which you got every Easter, every Christmas. And you got sort of clips from Disney films. And the one you nearly always got was Bambi on the Ice. Almost every time. So I think there's whole generations that have seen that bit of Bambi and nothing else. But budget-wise, it cost 858000 to make. In the box office, it made £267.4 million. Or dollars, even. Wow. wow. Yeah. What a profit. <laughs> it's a profit. Even in today's money, that's a lot. Yes. And um, for a film yeah. that's not really talked about very much anymore, I think that's a pretty good showing. Yeah, it's not really represented any sort of park in the parks, really, is it? When you think about no. it. You do get Thumper sometimes at DLP, at Baragster. Yeah. Thumper yeah. is funny. And of course, it is in um, Sequoia Lodge in Disneyland Paris. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of Bambi theming in the rooms. There's another one that I just thought of that I'm I'm going to add as an honorary mention because I can. I'm the host. I make the rules. Uh, then so, we all get um, one. Yeah, <laughs> we all no, get an honorary I'm gonna, mention. I'm going to cut you all off. Fox and the Hound. I think that is super sad as well. Yeah. Uh, Becca. I thought we were doing underrated films, not, <laughs> not things that traumatise us. <laughs> Claire, you did say Return to Oz. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why they're in the I was going to say, if we're going for an honorary mention, then maybe we should put Robin Hood in as well. Oh, no, no. no, I love Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Have, you, have you watched Robin Hood recently, Beckett? Not recently, no. Uh, I've been meaning right, to. Watch it and time how long the start credits take. Oh, it God. is ridiculous. Is it like five minutes? I put it on the other day for the boys and it starts. You've got the, um, what's it called, the minstrel, yeah. the stork, playing the, um, whatever the, the medieval ukulele? ukulele was called. Mandolin. The oh, mandolin. Is it mandolin? I think it is. Right. And it lasts, it's, it takes forever for the story to kick <laughs> off. And so I was really into watching it, watching it with my boys. And then I just, I, in the end, I turned it off because they just lost interest. <laughs> so try it just a, a day, just time how long it takes to actually start the movie. Saying that, I really enjoy the, the actual movie itself, but the start credits right. are just ridiculous. The ending's a bit abrupt as well. Ran out of money, probably. Bed knobs and broomsticks. Oh, yeah. yeah. That yeah. that was on my list. Anyone yeah. else quickly want to mention something? Yeah, I've, I've, got, I've, got, I've, got, I've got two as well. <laughs> <laughs> You've got 17. Quickly, I'm just going to put it out there. Get a I think Zootopia yeah, is I really love Zootopia. and underrated. And also from... From a Pixar point of view, I don't think Wally gets enough love and enough. Yeah, I love Wally. Yeah, I don't think. I, gets... I wouldn't call Wally underrated. No, I don't know. He's, I don't think he gets the same love that so many. I, of don't know. I think I think he's talked about so... quite a lot, and people kind of do remember that one. Yeah. I don't know. I think because it's a standalone is when Pixar was doing all its like sequels and everything. Wally just yeah. sticks as the film that was just just one hit. Yeah. yeah. 
Mm. Pixar in real life, Wally, was rubbish. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought he was quite good. Better the than person who came with that concept just to do again and again was, it was you know, they, they really need to smack him. I want to be Wally in He basically just came out of a box on like three yeah. times in a row with a wedding yeah, ring. It was ridiculous. Wedding, yeah. When the Toy Story one had so much thought gone into it and the other ones, so. Okay, we're. we're... <laughs> We're not ranting about Disney Plus. <laughs> when I was presenting, you, you go off happily into a tangent, so therefore I'm going to go off into a tangent. When? Name me when. Go. Here we are. Ah, exactly. You'll turn, you'll turn for honorary mention. Yeah, am I going to have an honorary mention as well then? Okay. I'm going to say um, Lion King 3 or Lion King 1 and a half, as it's known in America, um, which is utterly hilarious. It is a whole yeah. spoof, if you like, of the if Lion King is Hamlet, then Lion King 3 is Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. It's basically the same story, but it's told from Timon and Pumbaa's point of yeah. view. And so all the main stuff is happening over to the side. And it's just very, it's brilliant. very funny. Yeah, yeah agree with you. It's they should so have, funny. They should have done that one for the live action. Yeah, yeah. Old sort of live action film from Timon there was a nod to it in live action, wasn't there? With uh, Timon and Pumbaa's role, uh, but... Timon's Timon's mum is played by the woman who voices Marge Simpson, and you can really tell. Yeah, and she goes, "Everything the light touches belongs to somebody else." <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely yeah. worth a watch. Actually, I think if you know if you've got some nothing to do on a Sunday afternoon, stick it on because actually you'll just laugh. <laughs> and I said. As I said, I'm going to go for Treasure Planet. It's not much loved, but there are some great performances in it, particularly from Brian Murray as Long John Silver. Mm. And it, it's got Martin Short in it. It's got Emma Thompson in it as as, as the captain. Mm. And it's it's better than people think it is, mm. particularly the end. That's particularly good. When they, um, when they get from the Treasure Planet back home, that's pretty good. I wonder if it would be a good show for that one to be a new live action. Yeah, I agree. I wonder whether it would do better as live action than it did as animation. See, I think Emperor's New Groove would make a good new, new live action. Oh, yeah. It would be so funny. Kronk is such a great character. Film. I love Kronk. We've not yeah. actually seen it. I've seen it once. Oh, it's brilliant. I've never seen it. Yeah, oh, it's so good. That's like one of my top favourite Disney movies. So funny. So we would love to hear your thoughts on the topic. Did you agree with our choices? What's your favourite underrated Disney movie? Get in touch with us on social media at GB Mickey Waffle on Instagram and Twitter. We're also on Facebook as The Great British Mickey Waffle. Last episode, we had our final presenter, Carousel of Questions, but we thought we would open up the questions to extended Waffle family. And by that, I mean our actual family. This episode, we have Claire's kids, Millie and Morg, and John's kids, Josh and Joe. Take it away, guys. So here are uh, Millie and Morgan for to do their Carousel of Questions. Hi, Hi. Millie. Hi. So... Let me find the questions for you guys. And I think we're going to do it together rather than individually. So, what's your favourite park? You can answer on your own if you'd rather. 
Um, I'm not really sure. I like all of them. Uh, which ride do you hate? My Everest. Expedition Everest for Morgan and Millie? I'm honestly not sure. Okay. There you have it. The seven-year-old likes everything. What do you think is the most overrated snack? Um, the Mickey Waffle. Mickey Premium. Mickey Premium. Uh, which is your favourite transportation in Walt Disney World? Monorail. Monorail. Which is your favourite table service restaurant? Hoopty Doo. Ooh. Boathouse. Which resort haven't you stayed in but you would want to? Can you think of a hotel that we've been to that you like, you'd like to stay at? that we haven't slept at, but we might have been to. The one in Animal Kingdom. <laughs> Animal, Animal Kingdom, Animal Kingdom Lodge. Animal Kingdom Lodge. Uh, which is your favourite car park? Who did you car park because you get to see horses? That's true. <laughs> I don't know. No answer from Morgan. Uh, do you like Typhoon Lagoon or Blizzard Beach? Typhoon Lagoon. Typhoon Lagoon. Galaxy's Edge or Diagon Alley? So that's hard for you because you haven't been to either. Diagon Alley. <laughs> oh, Star Wars or Harry Potter? Diagon Alley. Do you like going to the parks in the early morning or late night? Early morning. Basement. Uh Do you like to keep the magic or would you like all the backstage detail of how things are done? Keep the magic. Keep the magic. Uh, do you have a favourite other podcast other than ours, obviously? You can say that one. The one that Lou is on. Lou Mongello. Lou Mongello. WDW Radio. Yeah. And lastly... Would you like to stay on-site at Disney or off-site in a villa? Off-site in a villa. Off-site. Cool. Thank you very much. Right, Joe. this is your carousel of questions. What's your favourite park? Definitely got to be Magic Kingdom. Tell me a ride that you hate. Uh, probably Navi River, because it's such a short ride for the amount of time you have to wait. What's the most overrated snack? Turkey leg. Tell me your favourite transportation mode at Walt Disney World. Monorail. What's your favourite table service restaurant at Disney? Sci-fi, because you get to sit down in your own car and you just get to watch like these short snippets of a, a movie and it's great. What's the resort that you haven't stayed at but would want to more than anything else on Earth? Animal Kingdom Lodge, because you get to see all the animals out of your window. And then you'd probably get to... There's a great restaurant as well. What's your favourite car park? Contemporary, because you you can just walk into the Magic Kingdom and not have to wait. Typhoon, Blizzard Beach or Volcano Bay? Definitely Blizzard Beach. Galaxy's Edge or Diagon Alley? Galaxy's Edge. Early morning or late night park visit? Late night. Keep the magic 
or backstage detail. Backstage detail, because I'd like to know the reasoning behind the rides and stuff. What's your favourite other podcast or vlogger about Disney? TPM Vids. And the last one, on-site or off-site? On-site. Thanks, Joe. What's your favourite park? Magic Kingdom. Tell me a ride that you hate. The Journey of the Little Mermaid ride, because it always breaks down. What's the most overrated snack? Turkey leg. Can't stand the taste of it or the smell of it. What's your favourite transportation mode at Walt Disney World? I'm going to go a bit alternative. It's the People Mover. Tell me your favourite table service restaurant at Disney. It's the Spice Road Table in Morocco. It was the best steak I'd ever had. Tell me a resort that you haven't stayed at, but would want to more than anything else on earth. The Contemporary, just to see the monorail go through your hotel. What's your favourite car park? Any that my dad doesn't have to pay for. Typhoon, Blizzard or Volcano Bay? Blizzard Beach, just for Summit Plummet. Galaxy's Edge or Diagon Alley? Galaxy's Edge. Early morning or late night park visit? Late night park visit because it's shorter queues. Keep the magic or backstage detail? Keep the magic. Tell me a favourite other podcast or vlogger about Disney. Resort TV One. The last one, on-site or off-site? Has to be on-site. Thanks for that. Now, this is the moment in recent shows that we've been doing It's a Disney Knockout. But guess what? I decided that even though we mainly talk about Disney here, that I wanted to give Universal down the road some love. So this week we have rethemed it to It's a Universal Knockout. What can I say? I'm a rule breaker. Right, guys, do you think you're all ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. yeah. Are you sure? Born ready. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you say so. I think it's going to be quite difficult, but I could be wrong. Well, at least Nemo won't make an appearance. Hey, <laughs> I I never know, Ben. You never know. Hey. <laughs> uh, I know that um, instead of it's a universal knockout, I was just going to do it's. Uh, find the name of the musical and just have all the answers find the name of the musical <laughs> <laughs> but I decided against it okay here we go here's our four universal rides we have the Hulk coaster we have the mummy we have Rip Ride Rocket and we have Forbidden Journey <laughs> exactly. See, I, you, um, the listeners can't see the look on their faces, but they're 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 struggling. They're struggling. It's actually quite easy for me. <laughs> Same here as well. <laughs> yeah, me too. Oh really? Okay. Uh, the look on your face. And okay, we'll go straight to Becca first. Then the mummy. Got to be the mummy. I don't do big big roller coasters, so Rip Ride Rocket and the Hulk are out. Okay. And I've only done Forbidden Journey once and I still can't decide whether I liked it or not and it was about three years ago. So, the mummy. <laughs> and now we're going to go to Claire. Um, I find this one quite easy. I uh, I don't do Rip Ride Rocket. I don't like it. Mummy, 
I, I can't be bothered to queue for. Um, the Hulk, I like, but it's just a coaster. It, yeah, it makes a big loud noise because the, the posts are filled with sand, but it's not particularly exciting. For me, Forbidden Journey is the outstanding ride in this group. The From the queue to the theming, you know, you go past the greenhouses and, you know, the whole queue thing is out just unbelievable and then you get on the ride and you're on your bench and you're thrown around by the whomping willow and it's brilliant i can't i can't talk the about theme it in, enough the theme in is pretty yeah if you're a potter fan yeah you, it, i think that's the the standout um i haven't been on the new hagrid's motorbike ride but i think that is the standout potter experience in any of the uh, potter areas in um, universal um and it's also great fun when a member of your family gets stuck upside down on the Wombling Willow section <laughs> oh, uh, for about 45 minutes. Um, just saying that's happened to somebody in my family. It was very <laughs> funny. We we laughed a lot. Um, it's not good. Um, so, yeah, definitely Forbidden Journey. No question. Okay. Uh, ben? Oh, it's, a, it's an easy one because I've not done Forbidden Journey. So it's going to be The Mummy. The Mummy. Yeah. I, I like it. it was only Every time we've been on it, it's only been a five-minute queue. And There's a reason the for that, Ben. <laughs> yeah, but it means right. I don't have to wait forever in the queue. I can just sort of walk straight through, straight on it, and enjoy it. Lloyd. Um, yeah, it's it's been a difficult choice between three of them. Um, <laughs> the Hulk, I love. I like roller coasters. I love the Hulk. The first time I went on it, I didn't realise it was a uh, it was a launch roller coaster. <laughs> So I was waiting for the kick, 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 to go up the first uh, slope, and it was just launch. And it, yeah. Oh, have that, you got that, the picture for that? That would have been amazing. That, it tickled me anyway. Um, so I love that. I've, I've done Hulk in the day. I've done Hulk at night. Tickle you? That's the issue. I've done. Yeah, Hulk's great. I've done it. Nighttime is is brilliant. So you're going out over islands of adventure. You can see everything. Daytime's cool. And then I rode it one time. Uh, the day before it went on fire. So that's always you feel like you're living on the edge, a bit of an adrenaline rush. Nice. Uh, but yeah, um, it's all right, uh, the Hulk. Uh, Rip Ride Rocket's cool because it's you can change the ride depending on the music. So I've I've pl- I've ro- ridden it with uh, Limp Biscuit playing, which is a different ride to sort of Pharrell Williams and Happy playing in your ears. Um, but it's still cool. I like the idea of playing music ever since um, sort of Rock and Roller Coaster. So it's just a nice concept of having rock music or music that's going to enhance your adrenaline and excitement playing whilst you're going up and down and through loops and things. Um, but not Rip Ride Rocket either. Um, I'm going to go for The Mummy. And um, yes, it's, it's not the most amazing roller coaster, but it's just there's something about I don't know what it is. There's something about it. It's just think, it's good I think fun. It's one of the ones that everyone can ride. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's upside down. It's it's. it's I don't care about. I, I don't care about anybody else. So Sammy. Fair. I don't care about anybody else. Sorry, I forgot. I'm just. You know, it's yeah. It is a good all rounder, and, you, and you, you know that's the truth. But I think just the ride's fun. Even you can interact with things, and I put my hand in this little hole, and then loads of wind, loads of sort of like air jets. <laughs> sprayed on me and then I pressed the button and then someone else further down the queue got air jet sprayed at them and things like that so the queue's quite good and what's yeah. the moral of that story like don't put your hand in holes where you don't know where your hand's going it's all about exactly. hope with you tonight isn't it, it is. 
Oh, yeah, I've just noticed the theme there, Joe. Well done. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. You all put your hand in that hole on, on, on the mummy. It's not It's not a hole. It's like a button you press. No, there's a button, but there's another thing where you put it in and it's an indent in the wall. I'd call that a hole. I mean, You've not done that one? Um... I thought I would just call gynecology. <laughs> <laughs> Oh goodness! Right, okay, moving on. I'm um, finished. I'm finished. I think you cut all this bit out. You picked your mummy, and then you start talking about holes. Do you know what? Five, whatever. <laughs> I'm trying to realise why I like it as much as as much as anybody else. I'm I'm, I'm going through this journey with everybody else. The holes. Yes. <laughs> Have you not? Th- have you not put your hand? <laughs> no, there's no one else done it. Because it gave me a hell of a shock. I jumped back about two else. feet when I did it. I I've never done the one line. I've only ever done the, the quick pass line. Because there's some bits where oh, you, you can yeah. see a screen with other people further down the queue and you can see what you do. But this one, it's kind of like you just you put your hand in and you expect it to do something like a light to shine, but then you get the air jets and it, it's a bit of a shock. No? No, every time yeah. we've been through, we just walk straight through the queue. There's like no one in front of us. Right. Well, when there is a queue, there's quite a bit of interaction, right. um, which might make for more of a fun queue. But anyway, the ride, uh, the ride's just fun. I like the way there's a bit of a roller coaster in it. There's a bit of a story. You get that room with all the fire on the ceiling, which is always interesting. And Brendan Fraser, because it's all it's built into the whole the filming the movie type thing. And well, I can't remember the line now, but it's I'm still waiting for my cup of coffee or whatever yeah. it is at the end. Which every bit every every person behind you can seem to know the line, shouting it in your ear right at the end of the line. Uh, yep. the ride um, but yeah the mummy cracking ride thank you for that Lloyd now we will go to John right this has possibly been the most difficult choice for me because I love roller coasters I love rip ride rocket for the same reason that Lloyd said that the actual the ability to choose your music as you're actually riding rip ride rocket is amazing the ride itself I think is a little bit too short for my liking I think they could have really just gone a little bit further and made it a longer ride. Love the Hulk, especially the single rider line, because it does cut down on your queue time at uh, whilst whilst you're in the, in the park. And I, I'm going to go with what Claire said about uh, Forbidden Journey. Now, is the actual theme in the whole the whole place with it as you walk in to the, the ride? It just completely becomes immersive and. Yeah, I like my Potter stuff and things like that, but it really upped the game for every single theme park when they built it. And I think without Forbidden Journey, I don't think we would have had what we've got within Animal Kingdom at Pandora. Um, and it just its absolutely incredible. And actually, the ride itself is is good enough, but actually it's, it's the whole experience, the whole experience, and you can go on again and again. And yeah, my vote's going to go with Forbidden Journey. Thank you, John. Um, so I feel like this is going to be a difficult one for one of our uh, members of the team. Um, but I'd like to see how Jill rations her decision on this yeah. one. Easy, easy. Um, as you're aware, I am Queen of Team Win. I do not do anything even remotely resembling thrilling. And I've never actually been on any of these rides. However, I have been in some of the queues. So on that basis, it just has to be 
forbidden journey. It's utterly brilliant, just the level of detail in the castle and walking through. And yeah, every little thing that you see, every time you go through it, you see something different. It was actually the first um, ride we did on our first trip to Orlando back in 2010. And it was December and it was freezing cold and it was grey and rainy. And I remember thinking, wow, how did they actually manage to import authentic British weather to go with this attraction? Because, <laughs> yes. yeah, but yeah, the level of detail is just brilliant. So, yeah, it has to be Forbidden Journey for me. Thanks, Jill and Peter. OK, this is a tough one for between two. Um, I'm not going to go for Hulk. It's it's a good ride. I enjoyed it. It's it's good. It's thrilling. Uh, Rip Ride Rocket, I had to get out of the seat I was in and sit in the fat boy seats, <laughs> which wasn't very nice, but there you go. Um, and um, the, the restraint clicked three times, but it didn't come quite all the way across the front of my body. So I was a bit worried about getting, about falling out of this thing. So I, I didn't give it that good a shake, but it was all right. Um, the the no loop loop is a bit of something and nothing, but there you go. Um, it's a toss up then between the mummy and Forbidden Journey. And as much as I like the mummy, I am going to go with Forbidden Journey. It was the first ride, as Jill said, that I ever did in Orlando. Um, the theming is terrific. The ride is is very, very good. The way it switches seamlessly between the uh, CGI scenes and the physical sets is really nicely done. The only downside is that the single rider line doesn't actually cut that much out. It only takes you to the outside the greenhouses and that's it. So I thought I'd be on and off because Jill has to wait around for me while I do these rides. So I thought I'd be on and off pretty quickly. And it took a lot longer than I thought it would do doing the single rider lines. It's worth it, though. It really is. So, yeah, forbidden journey. Okay, so we've got, currently we've got four for Forbidden Journey and three for The Mommy. No, <laughs> it's my turn. I love every single one of these rides. Um, they are all must rides for me on every visit. Uh, I'm a big roller coaster geek. I love big thrills. So the Hulk and Rip Ride Rocket really do it for me. I love it. Um, the Mummy used to be... Uh, this might be a giveaway, but used to be my favourite ride um, at Universal. Um, now my favourite ride at Universal isn't on this list um, because I've ridden Hagrid <laughs> and it is amazing. Um, but I, I have to go with Forbidden Journey. It is a phenomenal ride and like everyone else who picked Forbidden Journey, it, it changed the theme park game Um times times 10 you know it has everything it has uh, screens it has puppetry it has animatronics it has sets uh, you've got a track there um and yeah that this uh, i have to i have to go with forbidden journey so that means so the forbidden journey i, I yes. really uh, the ride and everything yep great but just peter's comment then on the single rider 
So you could be a family of six going into the single rider queue, all saying that you're there independently, whatever. And they go, well, you understand you're not going to ride together. And then you just pop out by the greenhouse yeah. and then join the general queue. Yeah. That, that is absolutely mean? ridiculous. It is, yeah. Yeah. A, but for the person you... who's on their own who wants to ride it. And B, for the people just to get like a little bit of a hack to just take their whole family through that line to join I the general line. It Does it not take the you end of the sort of hats? The, yeah, at the loading, at the sorting yeah. hat, you go back into a single rider line. Yeah. And yeah. you're still, yeah. Kept, you're still yeah. kept segregated, so <clears throat> you are basically going to go on as a single rider. Yeah. So you don't join a general queue at any point? No. no. It, it it feeds into the general queue at the... Um, like when you're house. going through all the scenes and stuff, like the yeah. like, um, Dumbledore's but office. It, but it's the... still a segregated queue you're in? Yes. Right, yeah. okay. I'm just, well, I'm, it, I'm reliving I, a lot of like test track um, uh -huh. trauma here <laughs> yeah. in the single rider queue. And that's just bubbling through. So sorry, I just interpreted Peter's uh, description differently. But, Actually, when I did it, it didn't feed into, it It fed into the normal queue in the greenhouses and then split. Yeah. So you could, you could join it and then rejoin the main queue further up. Yeah. I don't think it's like that anymore, though, to be honest right, with you, Lloyd. Good. And to be fair, They've changed the, then, okay. the queue for Forbidden Journey is that is probably one of the very few queues that I've been in where I've wished or I've actually let people go past me. Yeah, I've let yeah. people go yeah. past me and said, you know what, actually, I'm going to hang out here for a bit longer because I'm going to miss yeah. stuff that I want to see. Yeah. Uh, so you crack on and I'll wait 20 more minutes because yeah. I want to have a look at uh, Dumbledore's office or I want to look at this scene with some uh, hologram um, yeah. Anyone find it annoying when they walk into one of those rooms with the holograms and then they're already halfway through the speech though? Yes. <laughs> That's why you have yeah. to wait. Get the end you've got a bunch of people behind you that won't walk past you. Yeah. That's their problem. As, as my son would say, that sounds like a them problem. Or you're with other people that don't want to stand and wait. Well, again, <laughs> yeah. so all then the people problem. that start using flash photography and the holograms disappear, oh, I mean, no. it shatters the oh. whole illusion all yeah. in one split second. It's so strange though, I've, I've just written down exactly that same point with the with the hope that this gets through the next round. I was going to make that point is the fact that oh. you have to you have to just let the queue go yeah. because there's, there's times yeah. within the queue that you just want to stop and just admire everything that's you know. I think everybody's mentioned about the detail. Yeah, but you've just yeah. got to stop. You've got to let it just sort of come to you. And within like a massive, you know, Peter's saying how long the queue can be, you know, you've got to actually make the, that time to actually enjoy what's what's actually in there. It's, it's amazing. It really is. Yeah, I think you're right. There's, there's had so much from it because I haven't been on it, but I've looked into all like behind the scenes and everything of it. And it's just been an inspiration to a lot of other rides and a lot of other attractions. Mm. When you think of other pre-shows, when you look, think of like Flight of Passage and Rise of the Resistance, now it's sort of a guide, you're guided through everything bit by bit till you get to the attraction. Without that queue, the, the attraction would be half of what it is. Yeah, but that's it makes it though. And I think it just, mm. it's, it's that whole Potter bit, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and I think that's where you really get that real, total, immersive experience that, again, like like I said originally, just sort of everybody's learnt from because you can actually make the queue as enjoyable as the actual ride. That's, a, that's, that's really true there, John. In respect to Rise of Resistance, people are tricked even to thinking 
they're on the ride for a part where they're just in the pre-ride show. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. <laughs> but Rise of the Resistance, the ride is actually yeah. the, the ride vehicles at the very end. However, You've got it's, it's almost like, it. yeah, it's playing a trick on people. But at the same time, you want to experience those bits as well. And you never want to bypass it with any sort of queue. But people are actually in the queue for half of the time, but they think they're actually experiencing the ride. So it's it's a really good tip that Disney have taken away from that. Thank you for the spoiler. Um, what spoiler? Well, I didn't know that. No, what? That there's a like a bit, I like pre-shows and bits that you think that you're in the ride when you're not. Let's riding. see if you can figure out which is the pre-show and which is the ride, Sammy. That'll be the All test. All right. Oh, be our guinea pig. Is that my challenge? I. Yeah. <laughs> You tell me, you, you write a little report for us when you come back. Okay, will do. <laughs> okay, so Ring Journey was the winner of round one. Now we have round two. I think I know what might win this, but you never know. So first off, we have Men in Black, Alien Attack. We have Spider-Man, The Raid. We have Skull Island, uh, Reign of Kong. And we have The Simpsons Raid. So like I said, I think I know what might win this one, but we'll go to Lloyd. I've never ridden uh, the new Kong ride. It's good. However, is it not just a bit like the Fast and Furious technology mixed in with a few other bits? It is, but it's better than Fast and Furious, much better. Me sitting in this room is better than riding the Fast and Furious ride. 100%. So that doesn't say a lot for Kong. So um, when I had my appendix out, that was better than Fast and Furious. <laughs> I'm, I'm, ne- I'm never I, doing that again. It's like I, I looked the wrong way for three seconds, and then the ride was over, and then so, you should have looked the other way. Oh right, why was it? It's just it was ridiculous, wasn't it? The, the I, queue was all right. I think has anyone been on Kong and Fast and Furious who can like back up my claim that Kong is much better? I've seen videos of Kong, not actually been on it, but the ride system looks exactly the same. It is, but I don't know why Kong's just much much better to me. I, I, I just find I'm Kong wondering much whether it's, it, it is just the content. I think it it, it, it doesn't suit Fast and Furious and... as well as it does Kong. Yeah, yeah, I think that might be the case. But all I know is I hate Fast and Furious right and I love Kong. So, right. so... and there's also spoiler scare actors in the queue in Kong. Mm. Also, yeah. Kong has an actual. First uh, figure that is meant to be very tall. They do. They have an animatronic in the ride, which is phenomenal. But phenomenal. Um, but but Fast and Furious has someone who suddenly becomes fifty feet when they are able to jump on and haul their helicopter. <laughs> wow. So Lloyd. Yeah. So. Yeah, but I did. I, it was a walk on for Fast and Furious. I did it on a Halloween Horror Night, so I walked straight on it. Uh, uh, but anyway, that that's uh, immaterial because we're talking about Kong. Uh, so we haven't ridden Kong, so Kong's out anyway. Um, Spider Man, I love. Um, when the technology first uh, was introduced, it was really good. It was a simulator with three D um, technology, which made you feel like you're actually, you know, in in the comic book or in the movie. That was quite cool. Um, I don't know. And I wouldn't just call Spider-Man a simulator either because it runs uh, on a track. It, yeah, it has it's, physical sets. You know, it's not just in one place. It, it follows it follows Universal's kind of um, framework for a lot of their rides where it's basically 3D projection technology mixed with a simulator going on a track through X, Y, and Z. So you you got scene, 
3D scene 3D and the same for Transformers as well so it's almost like using the same technology and just putting yeah. another product on it yeah um, and it, you know it's good and, and it works well and it's it's all comic book um, animation isn't it as opposed to live action which is yeah. you know which is something a little bit different um, Men in Black's good I, I only learned how to play it the last time I went I didn't know yeah yeah don't don't I didn't know what I was supposed to be seats, man. I didn't know what I was meant to be shooting at, but the last person I played that with, I just I, I blew him away because they were just either awful or I was really good. If in, no one knows what Lloyd's talking about, um, we'll leave. If you're watching on YouTube, we'll leave a link in the description. Um, but yeah, check out the Great British Mickey Waffle YouTube page. And I, I basically won on Men in Black um, by cheating. But okay, how'd you cheat? Um, anyway. Men in Black, yeah, it's good. Um, however, it doesn't work as well as maybe um, even Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger Spin. It doesn't seem to hit the targets you're aiming at um, as well. Um, Simpsons, I prefer Back to the Future. Um, Simpsons Ride is okay. Um, so I'm going to go for Men in Black. Okay. An enjoyment factor. I really enjoy Men in Black. The yeah, because you're really good at, at cheating on it. And I'm awesome at it as well, which yeah, is it's good. Cheating. And you can also get a tour of the, um, the the set as well if it's not a busy day. You can go and speak to a cast member, which is always good. The buildings are like the um, the two the two discs on top of the towers. So, yeah, the theme is good, really. There, um, yeah, Men in Black. Cool, uh, Jill. Uh, have you been on any of these rides? I'd be very interested to know. Yeah, I have actually been on Men in Black. Okay. Um, I've done the the queue and the photo op in Spider Man. I haven't actually done Spider Man, although Peter keeps telling me that I probably could manage Spider Man. Yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, we we managed to get the the little photo op where you're in the newspaper office and and you have um, newspaper with the um, headlines. On I don't it. even think they do that anymore. Do you know that? I don't think they do that anymore. Well, we spent ages trying to find it because the first time we went through it, even the team members didn't know where it was. So <laughs> they don't exactly make it very public, but yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I've done that. Simpsons, I've only done the queue. Um, I love all the little in-jokes and all the, the pops at theme parks, you know, things like sort of um, ponchos, $5 if wet, $10 or whatever it is, and uh, all the little jokes there. Uh, but I've not actually done the ride um and uh, yeah so i have to go for men in black again there's lots of detail lots of fun little jokes to see um it's a fun ride yes i came off as cosmically average i think was my school <laughs> but uh, yeah it's a lot of fun i think lloyd was the one below that but you know it's fine um so you bet what, lloyd well the person i was sharing a car with what were they then if i was only cosmically average what oh, were they I, was a galactic, I was like the top one the galactic hero whatever one was the best one i was that one but how, how could that be possible when I beat you? No, you didn't. You cheated, so that means you automatically lose. How did I cheat? How would I cheat? I'm not an imagineer. Well, the universal equivalent. I don't know how to, like, hack it. Peter, uh, what is your choice? So go through them again for me, please. Sure, we have Men in Black, Spider-Man, Skull Island, Reign of Kong, and The Simpsons Raid. I haven't done Reign of Kong either. Not Men in Black. Not Simpsons. As Jill says, Simpsons is okay. It's 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 quite good. The best thing about it are the jokes. Right, it's Spider Man. Spider Man every time uh, of those three. Um, it's not the latest technology now, but it's still a a pretty good show, and I still enjoy it. I think it's good. Um, yeah, so I'm going for Spider Man. For me, 
Spider-Man. Okay, who's next? Who am I picking on next? I'm picking on Claire next. Yeah, um, so Kong I haven't done, and uh, Spider-Man I like, but, you know, he's no Tom Holland. That's true. That's true. Um, Simpsons, I think, is a poor relation to the Back to the Future, a bit like Lloyd. I remember Back to the Future ride. That was the first sort of uh, a massed simulator with multiple vehicles uh, in the same screen that I went on. I remember it really clearly. Uh, For me, uh, it's got to be Men in Black. I I like the interactive element. I'm not competitive at all, as everybody knows. She is. my cousin seems to be able to score obscene numbers of points on this ride, and uh, we all try and beat. We, we try and beat her. We never do. Um, that big red button at the end, I'm useless at, but I love it and can play it over and over. So uh, I like the theming and the right of the uh, queue as well. The whole um, MIB sort of descending and lift stuff. It's great. Love it. Love it. Awesome. Uh, ben. Ben. Well. Not done Kong, but if it's anything like Fast and Furious, <laughs> I'm not doing it. Um, I like Spider Man, but I don't know. I, it's I'll probably it's a once a trip thing for me with Spider Man. I'm it's just I like it, but I prefer Transformers. I think it's just the theming. I'm just not as a fan of the sort of comic Spider Man. But um, yeah. which I think Simpsons I do like. I I don't mind doing it. It's not one that I'd ride ride after ride but so it's, for me it's men in black it's their competition it's who can press the red button <laughs> the fastest I yep. <laughs> this is not going the way i was hoping <laughs> <laughs> it's not going the way i was hoping becca i'm hoping you're gonna make me happy i don't think i'm gonna make you happy sammy <laughs> no. Oh, no. um i've never done kong that one's out completely um I like the theming of the Simpsons ride. I like all the little in jokes, but once you've done it once on the trip, you've done it. It doesn't really change much. I like the Spider-Man ride. In fact, I prefer the Spider-Man ride to the Simpsons ride, but I do prefer the Transformers overlay on that system. And like Ben and Claire, I'm very competitive. (laughs) So... Anything that involves me shooting at something and getting points is probably going to win out on the day. So, yeah, Men in Black, I'm afraid, Sammy. Dang it. Come on, team. Like, I don't think anything's going to beat Men in Black now. But me and John, we've still got to to give our choices. So, John, help me out. Come on. I'll tell you what, Sammy, give yours first because I'm I'm intrigued to see where you thought this was going. Go on. Spider-Man. Come on, guys. (laughs) Spider-Man. My God, it's like one of the best rides. Like, I just don't understand. Like, I'm taking Transformers out of it because Transformers is just a copycat of uh, Spider-Man. But, well, and you get, I guess I'm a little bit biased because I kind of love Spider-Man. Specifically Tom Holland, but all Spider-Mans will do. Um, But, yeah, I just think it's such a fun ride. It's my dad's favourite ride. Um, He loves Spider-Man. He... Like, he hasn't been to Florida in seven years and he still talks about it all the time. He just, it's quite cute, actually. He loves it. Um, but yeah, I love Spider-Man. Uh, I think it's just such a fun ride. Um, yeah, I, I just, I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> John, come on. What's yours? Yeah, I don't, do you know something, Sammy? It's a, a real strange one, this, because 
I think both Claire and Lloyd have hit upon the fact that the Simpsons ride still isn't quite as good as the Back to the Future one. Yeah. And, and I, I, that's really where I was going on that. I do like the Simpsons ride, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's a quite a lazy sort of cue. Well, it's basically just a population gatherer, isn't it, within Universal to get that many people on it. I do like Spider-Man. Um, but again, I still think it's a bit of a lazy ride because it's again, it's just like a track system of dinosaur with a different sort of overlay, isn't it? You know, um, I've got to go with Man in Black, I'm afraid, and it's that competitive edge that comes out, and uh, and it is it is a little bit more accurate than uh, uh, Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger spin as well. So yeah, it's definitely better than Buzz, like a hundred. Yeah. Like, I don't agree with that. I can't hit everything I'm trying to hit, and I still do quite well. But I can't I hit everything I'm trying to hit. Shoot, I shoot everywhere. Like. Shoot everything. You don't need to be accurate with Men in Black. As long as you press the red button at the end, hit it stop talking about Men in Black. <laughs> so Men in Black beats Spider Man. Yes, Men in Black has one round to six mm. to two. Has anybody done the photo on Men in Black where you can put aliens in your car? If you have any um, spaces. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Okay, so our next round uh, has a familiar theme. I wonder if you guys will be able to work it out. I'm sure it's probably pretty easy. Um, But here we go. The next four rides are Jurassic Park, Dudley Do-Right's Ripsaw Falls, Popeye and Bluto's Build Rat Barges, and this last one probably breaks a few rules, but hey, I told you guys, I'm a rule breaker. Jaws. Yeah. Jaws. So who wants to go first? Claire. I find this quite easy as well. Um, You're making it simple tonight, Sammy. So um, for me, uh, Popeye and Bluto, every time. I love this ride. You, You get properly soaking wet. But more amusingly than you getting wet is watching everybody else in the vehicle and the ride vehicle getting soaking wet. And when, you know, at the moment we can't travel, I may, and inverted commas, have sat for a few hours frequently watching videos on YouTube of (laughs) other people getting wet on this ride. It's brilliant. And when you look at the, if anyone's got five minutes and they just want to have a laugh, go onto YouTube and put in Plopeye and Bluto's Build Track Barges because actually the videos that are on there of people who have absolutely no idea what they're getting onto and they get in there and, you know, they're diligently putting their shoes and their camera under the polythene in the middle. And then they, you know, you just follow it around and they're laughing at other people getting a little bit wet and then they just get this deluge on top of them. Honestly, it is the funniest thing in the world. So I love this ride for the fact that if I get wet, I know everybody else on the ride is coming out, having to wring out they're unwet that's brilliant so uh, the pure yeah. schadenfreude of it i love it yeah no one's safe on that right no one at all <laughs> okay uh, ben i have to agree with you claire yeah pluto and pluto and popeye's right barges is just amazing it's just the best water ride i think in orlando and it's, it's pretty amazing. yeah I, I haven't done jurassic park um what? Was, yeah i haven't done it no, no, it's one I haven't uh, the, done. the other one was 
Dud- Dudley Do Right's the one right next to. No, um, I haven't done that one either. So, oh, that's the same as that's the same as the raft ride. You get absolutely drenched. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, just done. And just done the barges, and yes, the the best ride. That's that's my vote. Becca. Yeah, the barges. <laughs> it's so much fun when you go on on that ride, even with people that do know. But especially if you're in a boat with someone that doesn't realise just how wet you're gonna get. Yeah. And yeah, it's it. I, this is gonna sound absolutely horrible, but it's usually the children. <laughs> because they because they're young they've never done it before they usually will get so surprised and they'll love it or yeah. scream or they'll scream oh. <laughs> but do you know do you know what becca um you know i i'm so it's so funny because you usually get a british family i don't know why we get bunched together we always get a british family in our, and you've got janet and bob sat opposite you who, who <laughs> they're in their, their theme park finest and she's you know oh we'll buckle ourselves in and you just know it's just hysterical it is obscene the wet that you get on this ride and they'll um, ask when they, they'll be like so have you done this one before <laughs> and i'll be like yeah, yes. no <laughs> no, no idea what's gonna happen. This is where you put your poncho on. <laughs> exactly, my ponchos. No, for no ponchos. <laughs> no, love it. Love it. Okay, so Peter, uh, what would you say? Okay, so Jurassic Park is cool. It's good. No, uh, Popeye. Sorry, disagree. I think it's all right. You get wet, and it's nice, and it's fast. Great. Jaws was. By the time I was Joe, by the time I rode Joe's, it, it was looking a bit old and a bit. So I'm going to go for WD right. Okay. I Why like, did you pick that over the the barges? I I like the way it's laid out. I like that there are surprises around the corner. Um, I like the characters of well of WD right. I have to say, mm-hmm. uh, and that drop. Is wonderful. <laughs> yeah, that drop is brilliant, um, and it's the fact that you you get to the bottom of the drop pretty unscathed, and then they just tip water all over you anyway. Yep, <laughs> that's the fun part. Um, yeah, so yeah, and and I do like the ending where um, Dudley doesn't quite get the girl. <laughs> uh, Joe, what about you? Well, the only one I've done is Jaws. And yes, by the time we rode it, it definitely was looking past its best. But still, it was fun. And where else are you going to get that close up to a, a great white, even an animatronic one? <laughs> Put my teeth in, try again. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to go for Jaws. Love it. Good. I'm, like, I'm loving the love for Jaws, Joe. Um, John. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I'll share a bit of that love for, for Jaws because actually it is a, a much missed part of, of Universal. Um, I loved, I did, I did like the ride. I do like Jurassic Park, but between the two, Ripsaw Falls and Popeye, I've got no real, you know, it's a flip of a coin bit. You know, Ripsaw Falls, I always remember the first time we took, we took our Joe there and he suddenly realised how wet he was going to get on the drop. And then, but the ride stopped just before just before we went on the sort of the elevated bit, and he absolutely was just in that sheer sort of panic, and he he must he must have been about six or seven or something, and he was just he's beside himself. He didn't want he wanted to get off, 
the ride had stopped. He thought he was he was he was about to leg it off the ride. I said, no, 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 we've got to do it. And actually, by the time he got down, we got to the top. He was absolutely beside himself. And then by the time we got to the by the time we got to the bottom, he'd forgotten all about it because he was so wet. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's that's the most amazing thing about these rides at Universal. You just get completely drenched. And and if anyone's listening to this, looking for a little sort of little tip for planning your park day, do the wet rides last. Yep. Don't do them first thing in the day when the queues are short, like we did, and then you end up with a waddling about up there. Little bit of an issue <laughs> as the day goes on because you're all soaking wet and. Uh, yeah, we learned the lesson from that, and then we stayed the the next time we went, we actually stayed at Hard Rock uh, Hotel, and we went in just to ride the the wet rides, and then went back to the hotel and just went straight into the swimming pool, <laughs> and then we went back into the park again. Um, but I've got to say, Popeye for just sheer entertainment value, like Claire said, and and also at the very bottom end of the ride, if you are dry. And you are just looking for that little bit of entertainment to add to your day in the park. You get to the boat and you can start firing water jets at people and making them extremely wet. And they've no idea it's you. And it's just really funny to do that. But as, <laughs> but as, but as a ride itself, it is, like Claire said, it just it's just entertainment value. And if you don't want to get wet or you don't like water rides, just stand by the just stand by the exit. Just watch all of them people coming off at the exit. Because just laugh. Just, oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> it is so funny. It really is. And you then just get the idea of somebody shouldn't have worn those white shorts to the park. That oh, day. oh yeah. Oh yeah. And last, and <laughs> uh, except for me, uh, we have Lloyd. So the last time I probably rode. Uh, Ripsaw Falls and uh, Popeye and Bluto. Is it Bill? What's it? Bill Rat? Bill Rat Barges. Bill Rat Barges. Bilge Rat Barges. <laughs> Which has Rat? Bilge Rat Barges. Yeah. Was probably sort of um, early 2000s. And um, I don't know if it's still there. It was more fun being a spectator than being on the rides because you had, you had not only guns, but. Uh, to fire water but you had like um there was almost a pulley system where you did a ratchet to get a crate underneath um like a drain pipe that was open-ended fill the crate do the little pulley system pull it over the channel and then press a button or there was another little release and it dropped a whole like crate of water over the uh <laughs> over the barge going underneath so that was more fun but i learned this after i'd been on the ride so i went it, i think it was end of february um 2002 i was there so i'd gone to universal and islands of adventure in jeans and uh, not knowing what the ride was like getting off that ride um what was it it was it was ripsaw falls we went on first in jeans yeah uh taking john's advice uh in jeans definitely oh, be the last yeah. thing you do before going home to I, take your clothes off not necessarily last thing I, I remember it was a bit of um who was it in the old Levi's adverts who took his uh, clothes off uh, to put in the in the laundrette um yeah. Eddie Kidd took it yeah. with um I heard it on the grapevine play so it was like that in the in the Jets toilet so it was three of us with our, je- <laughs> with our jeans off holding them in front of the air dryers trying oh, to dry God. our jeans <laughs> and it was just 
it was just a case <laughs> of getting through. Who wears jeans? Who wears jeans in Florida? Oh, it was February. It was cold, and we, we first thing in the morning when we went, and so yeah, the temperature was picking up a little bit. But yeah, I was wearing jeans and a t-shirt. <laughs> So we made the best of it. Got the jeans back on, and yeah, you know, didn't you know? A few hours later, when when it got a bit warmer, we didn't really think about it. But yeah, that was a bit of a mistake. But it was more fun wetting the people, and that was that. That would go for both of them. Jurassic Park, um, cool. It's a good ride. I'm a big movie buff, so anything where it's playing the theme tune or um, parts thereof as I'm going around, and it's got bits and pieces of the actual movie, um, sits well with me. Although it didn't fit into the movie um the the original jurassic park it was kind of just an abstract wasn't it so it, it didn't really tick those box for me so i'm gonna go for jaws yeah jaws uh was a classic uh the only one time i've ridden it was a couple of years after universal orlando opened before they drained the tank to actually redo it and then they opened it again and then they closed it and shut it all together um and it's not the best ride but you've got the um You've got a bit of John Williams music in there. Um, you've got the sort of Amatiala music as well. Um, the Orca music. Uh, it, it just relived the music, the the the, uh, the movie in my head a little bit. And it's not the best ride, but as a movie buff, it ticked all the boxes for me. Yeah, I have Jaws. to agree. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree with you, Lloyd, for once. Um, Jaws. <laughs> I love Jaws. Jaws is my favourite movie of all time, number number one. Um, I was scared of that ride for a long time. I would close my eyes. I would uh, be scared, but I would still go on it because I just, I loved it. Um, I'm not a big fan of getting soaking wet. So that kind of rules out Ripsaw Falls and Bildrap Barges for me. I love those rides, don't get me wrong, but I just hate getting soaking wet. Hence the, the poncho debate of uh, last year. But <laughs> um and Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park uh, comes second for me. But I have a feeling Jurassic Park is going to be getting closed once this new roller coaster's um done. If, it, if anyone knows there's a new roller coaster being built in, uh, at Jurassic Park and Universal. So um, I think they're going to shut Jurassic Park River Adventure and maybe retheme it to Jurassic World. Does anyone, they, anyone think that's going to happen? They did the same in yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. And yeah, I think it looks really good. Uh, Tip for you, Sammy. Yeah. Instead yeah. of wearing a poncho, yeah. bring a carrier bag and a spare pair of clothes. <laughs> <laughs> and don't spend five dollars on that um, sort of useless heater that they've got oh, just outside yeah, the ride. I, I love there's a key for it every time you get off the ride. I know. It's like you're in Florida. Why do you want to step into here? Anyway. I'm just, um, sorry, so, Sammy. I've just remembered yeah. the biggest thing that wound me up about the water rides in Universal. Right. Anything that you might want to put your bag into for a locker is free, then you go down to Jurassic Park and they start charging for the lockers. Do they? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's why the last time I was there, I think, I don't know what mood, I must have been in a funny mood. I was like, I'm not paying for lockers. We're not going to ride this. They, they, they've changed their lockers lot. Was it last year or the year before? Yeah. You I can think get, different. if they've got like small lockers like that, sort of, sort of a couple of inches tall and they're free. But uh, yeah. in normal size lockers, you have to pay for. Yeah, but they have everywhere. But that's on, on all of them. They've changed it on Men in Black, uh, The Mummy. Yeah. I, Red I'm, Journey talking, I'm talking about 20... I think it was 2015, so we're talking five years ago now. The last time I got massively yeah, irritated at them charging me for lockers. last year, I think, when I went last year, they were changed. So, um, But, yep, unfortunately, even though my love for Jaws uh, is, is high... Um, Bill Drake Barges won um, four 
by four. So you guys suck. No, I'm gonna. <laughs> this just this game just is not going my way today. I'm not happy. I'm hoping the last one's got Hagrid's on it, but uh, it doesn't because I knew a lot of people wouldn't wouldn't yeah. uh, have ridden it. So um, so we're we're changing it up a bit for the last for the last one. We're not going before, with the before, you, before you do that, Sammy. Yeah. It's worth knowing. As you sit down and you do each of these groups, yeah, it never works out as you actually thought it would. It's weird, isn't it? it? Like, it's really strange. You know, it's it, it really goes against your actual your personal experience and stuff like that, and 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 rides or shows or anything you or parades that you feel are absolutely nailed on. You know, thinking thinking about how we know each other, it also yeah. it, it just goes to show that you know it's can we. That's, that's why it's such a great game. I've got, to, I've got to say, it's such a fantastic thing. And like I said, it, the last one is like people who were listening to us and, and, and somebody said this to me, is that they've been in the car shouting at us. <laughs> no, it's got to be this, it can't be that. And I, I think that's such a lovely thing to know that it becomes interactive with the audience as well. I feel the same way. I want to shout at you guys right now, but like I know I have to have to be semi-professional as soon as I'm the host. No. Let me find them. When Ben's put the same things on Instagram, we've got the same results so yeah. far for the first few rounds, yeah, which is weird. As well, yeah. was it? And the final of that, yeah, it was the exact same. Exactly the same. Yeah. I was going to say, and there was me, you know, when I did the first round, thinking that Nemo would win. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get it. That was a farce. That yeah, was the a, only thing a, that Nemo that won was, was the Instagram. If I was a listener, poll. if I was a listener, I'd be putting in like some sort of like I'd, I'd sue you. <laughs> sue anyway. <laughs> so yeah, the last round um, doesn't have any rights. Uh, it is all based on character meets. Ooh, okay. So the four character meets are Transformers, Scooby Doo Gang. Spider-Man, <laughs> it better win or I'll hate you all. And the Raptor encounter, the the blue, because um, it's now it was it was just a normal Raptor before, but now it's based on um, blue from Jurassic World. So yeah, that's our four meeting greets. Let's see, who should I pick on first? Peter. Right of those, the only one I've done is Transformers. Okay. Okay. Scooby Doo wasn't about last time we went. Spider Man, I didn't do there. I did it in Disneyland Paris, and it was brilliant. So can so can I make that count or not? <laughs> uh, yes, I see that that counts. <laughs> and the Raptor encounter, um, I haven't done that either. So allowing for Spider Man, it's got to be Spider Man. Yes. So Spider Man meeting Disneyland Paris was excellent. The fact that I'm called Peter was ah. useful to start a conversation and get things going because Spider-Man knows someone called Peter. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the Transformers meet and greet isn't really a meet and greet. You just stand yeah. there, pose, get your photo taken, and then go. Uh, so, yeah, Spider-Man. Cool. Uh, Joe? Yeah, um, same for me, really. The, the only meet and greets I've done in... Universal were not those. I think we did Cat in the Hat and Thing One and Thing Two. Uh, we did Sideshow Bob and Krusty. Uh, we did Wolverine. I think those are kind of the only people I've met. Uh, we did um, Donkey and Shrek. Oh yeah. Oh, what were your favourite out of those? Out of curiosity. Uh, yeah. Um, I think 
can the hat with thing one and thing two because thing one and thing two were just being hilarious. Yeah, hilarious. Um, I've got a photo. They they look like they're checking out my behind. Um, <laughs> I'm sure they weren't. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, of those, yeah, I'm gonna have to do the same as Peter and basically cheat and say Spider Man because we did actually meet him at Disneyland Paris and it was a great meet. Awesome, I'm liking where this is going. Um, <laughs> let's go with Lloyd. I've watched a couple of um, YouTube videos of people going back to the parks the last couple of days. And um, um, coincidentally, a, a few of them have had the, um, it was the Cap and Spider-Man meet, mm -hmm. which is now not right next to them, but you, you're a few feet apart. And I've never actually looked that much at Spider-Man's costume until like the last couple of days. And it's it's a poor costume i find for universal it's nothing close to the avengers the avengers um costumes that spider-man wore um and i'm not talking about the, the tony stark mods i'm just talking about the, the look of it it even looked from one shot it even looked like there was a seam over the back um to be fair i think it's more based on the comics than um the disney yeah and, I, I, and you know what i take that on board and and Fair dues to the cast member playing him. He was he, he was really good, and he was he sounded like Peter Parker, and he was chatty and stuff. Um, of all your four meets, I've, I've not done any of them. I've only done Gru, um, Gru and the Minions in Universal. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen the Scooby Doo um, gang out and about, um, and they would look, look cool and interactive. I've seen Spider Man around. I've seen the Transformers ones. Transformers one's really impressive. You know, they're yeah. on stilts, but it's still, it's it, it's sort of all that work to make it look like a Transformer. They are really well done. I don't know what the interaction's like because Chewie was well done and the interaction with him in um, yeah. Hollywood Studios was was, um, was awful. Um, the Raptor encounter looks pretty cool. Oh, it is. I've done it. It, it looks really, really cool. Good. I think they're missing a trick there because uh, have they not got the intellectual property for um, Chris Pratt? Because they like like we have Star Lord and Disney. Why haven't they got Chris a Chris Pratt lookalike being there, going, "Come on, Blue," and doing the clicks and stuff? That's Why have they got? They, some... they do have a trainer, but I don't think it's actually based it, on. Yeah, they they do Chris's have a trainer. Character. It's yeah. just some random fella who he, yeah. he does very well. But if, if Disney are doing it for Star Lord, then why don't they do it there just to make it a bit yeah. more immersive? Um, out of the four that I haven't actually experienced, but I've seen from afar here and there, I'm going to go for. Um, well, actually, now it's got its new wrap on it as well, the Raptor encounter with the new um, entrance to it and you've got the Raptor cage in the background. I think yeah. of immersive experiences, that will tick the box. So that's going to get my vote. Yeah, good choice, uh, I think. Uh, Claire? Um, so I was disappointed not to see Doc Brown in there. But... I know it was hard to narrow them down. Uh, the, Holly the Hollywood stars was also on the list at one point. So. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, I will go with uh, Spider-Man. I've only done a couple of these. Um, I, I have to say, I find the meet and greets in Universal not quite as good as the ones in Disney. You know, some of the superheroes are good. I certainly Wolverine was excellent. Um, but um, I would say start... Um, Spider-Man is probably the the one that I would say I enjoyed the most. But, yeah, I, I think the Rapture Encounter looks good, but none of them really excite me. So I'll go Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. Cool. I'm okay with you going with Spider-Man. <laughs> John, you're up next. Uh, I'm going to mix it up a bit, just to oh. annoy you. <laughs> oh. um, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to echo what Claire said as well. I think the character meets in, in Universal are 
kind of poor imitation of of, of what they, they could and what they should be. Um, but the one I'm going to go for is actually Scooby-Doo. And purely, and I think we said this a few shows ago, about meeting face characters. Um, and I've got to say, the characters that were out on our particular couple of occasions that we've met Scooby-Doo um, and, and all of the gang were absolutely superb. And they really did sort of add so much more to it than, than really you, you would have thought. So for that reason alone, and the fact that they made a massive fuss of the kids, um, I'm going to go for Scooby-Doo. I want to thank you for that, John. Uh, I want to defend Universal a little bit here. I don't know. <laughs> um, I think I think they're targeted at very different audiences. Oh, totally. You know, not totally um, uh, and as we've spoken about, there have been, you know, not the top tierist of meets at Disney, and I guess it's the same at Universal. Some are great and some aren't. Um, Disney definitely have a lot more and again are more aimed at kids um, so that's my little defence for, for Universal <laughs> Sa- Sammy yeah backing that up Sammy Doc Brown yeah. was amazing yeah. his voice was spot on yeah. Yeah. he asked I know it must be some sort of script but he was asking really spot on questions it was a really really good meet and greet and it trumped most of my experiences in Disney to tell you the truth so I think Disney have had a lot more experience over the years of meet and yeah. greets so they've got that sort of and possibly a slightly wider collection of things when you look at a lot of the stuff that Universal Definitely. do. It's a bit easier to have like the Fab Five at Disney versus what Universal have to look at when you look at things like Shrek and Yeah. It's probably not as easy to do. I, I agree. I agree. And I agree with you, Lloyd. One of the reasons I didn't put Doc Brown on this list is because I want Spider Man to win. Okay. Um <laughs> It's not so private it's not meet and greet. All, is it? It's not <laughs> private gr- meet and greet for room seven hundred one in Cabana Bay. I mean, says who? <laughs> you don't know. Okay, next we was are. It, going- was it the animated one or the real one? <laughs> it was Tom Holland. Because <laughs> he works at Universal on his off days. Tom Holland has a new job at Universal. Uh, private, private Spider-Man uh, viewings. Um, <clears throat> Becca, your turn. Um, well, you'll be pleased to know, Sammy, that the only one of those I've met is Spider-Man. <laughs> Whee! And while the Raptor encounter looks quite good, because I've not done it, I can't say whether it is. So yeah. I'll be going for Spider-Man. Uh, thank you, Baker. <laughs> ben? Well, yeah, I've done Spider-Man, um, but I'm going to go for Raptor encounter. Our friends did it last year with um, the little boy, and it was it looked really good. I, we didn't want to get in a long queue because at the time it was either a queue for Rapture Encounter or we'll yeah, go for yeah. a shorter queue on Hagrid's. So we went for Hagrid's. Oh, I mean, but, um, Hagrid's. So Hagrid's we had So yeah. Um, but no, I'm going to go for Rapture Encounter out, out of all the choices. I like Spider-Man, but yeah, I just didn't enjoy it as much as what I was yeah. hoping. Um, as much as I love Spider-Man, um, Rapture Encounter is a very close second for me because it is fab. Um, you're not actually allowed to take your own video now um like uh when you're going up to meet you can give it to a cast a cast member a team member to take the video but when I first did it it was quite new so I was able to have like a set like my phone in selfie mode and that was really fun to do that and then like he was over my shoulder the raptor was like over my shoulder um facing the camera and stuff it's just a really fun meet and greet uh Especially if you have like a big scaredy cat. I wonder if they've got a <laughs> photographer in there now because you can't give your phone to cast members anymore. 
Can you not? No, and um, because of all their new measures for um, oh, everything okay. open, you're not, you're not you should own then yeah. for like selfies and stuff. But um, back before, obviously, COVID, um, uh, you weren't allowed. They changed the rules, so you weren't allowed to have your phone on you. You had to give it to um, a member of the team. Um, but of course, we all know that Spider-Man is going to win. I always get flustered. <laughs> It's so ridiculous, honestly. Like, I get so flustered when I talk to him. I get butterflies, my hands shake. <laughs> it's very odd. I know, yeah. Lloyd is he's going is to take his mask off and he's, like, 50 years old. Oh, my God, no. Like, don't ruin the illusion, then. <laughs> but, no, I always get very, very uh, nervous uh, and embarrassed. But um, he's always super nice. He's always super chatty. Um, and yeah, it's it's fun to kind of just pretend for a little bit. So, Spider Man. So, Spider Man wins. The rank. only thing I will say, it would be nice if, well, before, if they'd given him a bit more than just a green screen to stand in front of. Yeah. They did yeah. That's how they can sell the um, picture know, straight afterwards. But they can sell the picture straight afterwards and still give him a nice background. In Paris, he had a great background and a foreground as well, which it's looked like the headlines of the newspaper. Yeah. yeah, I waited uh, quite a while to meet him in Paris as well. So. It's, it's his foreground you were looking for, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Although I wasn't, I wasn't uh, too displeased with the background either. <laughs> so now we go back and we do round two versus round three. So we have Forbidden Journey versus Men in Black. That's a hard one. Oh, is John? Was that? A, I'm, ready to go. I'm, I'm. I'm going first with this. It's oh, got to be forbidden. So what? Oh, forbidden journey. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Cool. Cool. Uh, who wants to go next, Claire? Uh, forbidden journey, for the reasons we said last round. Yep. Ben. Men in black. Just because I'm done forbidden journey. Ooh. Becca. Oh. Men in black. I, like I say, I still don't know whether I actually like the ride on Forbidden Journey. I still can't decide. So, <laughs> uh, Lloyd, do you know what? I like I like Forbidden Journey. Um, I think the the amount of work that's gone into producing it's brilliant. The holograms are great. Um, do you know what? I'm not adverse to a bit of Potter, but at the same time, Men in Black's just a bit of fun. The queue's not too bad at all. You can normally walk on it. Uh, unless it's like peak season, um, Men in Black. Cool. Uh, Joe? Even though I've not actually ridden the ride, it still has to be Forbidden Journey. It's Hogwarts flipping castle, people. <laughs> True, story. True story. Uh, Peter? Forbidden Journey, every time. And for me, it's got to be Forbidden Journey. So Forbidden Journey wins that round. And then... We have Popeye and Bluto's Build Rat Barges or uh, Meeting Spider-Man. I think I- I'm going to go first on this one. Meeting Spider-Man. <laughs> Who am I going to pick? Oh, let's go to Ben. Barges. <sighs> yep. Becca? As fun as Meeting Spider-Man was, it wasn't as fun as the barges. Sorry, Sammy. <laughs> I get uh, John? Got to be Build Rat Barges every single time. Just the most fantastic place to go and get absolutely soaking wet. Soaking wet. Soaking wet. Okay, uh, Joe? I'm going with Spider-Man. Yeah! Thanks, Joe. Peter? Spider-Man. Yes! Oh, we're even now. We're even. Who's left? 
Lloyd. Claire? No, did you? Oh, did, oh, oh, how could I forget? It's Lloyd, Lloyd. Um, Popeye and Blue Toes. Bill, Rats, Barges. There's still, there's still somebody else, is there not? Oh, yeah, I was thinking that. Claire? Um, Popeye and Blue Toes. Oh, no! Yes. Love Popeye it. Popeye has won. Unfortunately, but Spider-Man, if you're listening, I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> so Belldrap Barges wins that. So now it's between Belldrap Barges and Forbidden Journey. Forbidden Journey's mine. Let's get this wrapped up. Yep, Forbidden Journey's mine. Forbidden Journey. Forbidden Journey. Come on, guys. Shut out. Yeah, go on, Forbidden Journey. Try yeah. it. Yeah, go on. <laughs> Um, I'd rather do Bard. I, don't, I can't decide. I've... Bard is... I'm, I'm going to go for Forbidden Journey. Okay. Forbidden Claire? Journey. It's going to win anyway. So. It's going to win anyway. It's... Yeah, it's got to be, it's gotta be for the Forbidden Journey. And Forbidden Journey has won it. Wow. Yay! Beat Spider-Man. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not happy about that. part of our show where we send out a big socially distanced hug to all our listeners and give you all a shout out for your celebrations remember you can email us at themickeywaffle at gmail.com or get in touch via our socials if you would like to be part of our mickey mentions so who have we got this month i'll start i've got the first mickey mention and it's for becca it's her 30th birthday on the 1st of july so the day that this episode goes out happy birthday can we all say it all together Three, two, one. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Becky, everyone. Don't look happy birthday, Becca. Thank you. Becky, you look 25. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I haven't got my glasses on, but you look 25. <laughs> 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 no, you don't look 30. Do you feel any older now? <laughs> no. I would just like to wish all our American listeners a happy 4th of July. If we have any Canadian listeners, a happy Canada Day on the 1st of July. And if we have any French listeners, of course, 14th of July, happy Bastille Day. And I've got a special Mickey mention this month. And it's to Abby, her husband David, and their children, Max and Kate. They're currently in that state of total limbo that so many of everybody listening who's going and planning a holiday for July and August are they're simply awaiting a green light for their holiday and they're just aware that so many months of planning could be totally ruined we met them last year and from everyone at the great British Mickey Waffle can I just share a big collective hug and just keep all of our collective fingers crossed that yours and so many other holidays for 2020 and dreams hopefully will come true. Well, that's our show, Disney peeps. Remember to follow us at GB Mickey Waffle on Instagram and Twitter and on Facebook as the Great British Mickey Waffle. And we're also on YouTube as the Great British Mickey Waffle. 
If you're listening for the first time, we would love it if you would subscribe and join us again next month for more of our waffling. Until then, stay safe and waffle on.